Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Prepare your party of players and polyhedral dice. Your tragic backstory better be worth the sacrifice. Seize your sheets and D20. Let's play D&D. Your haggard character swaggers with daggers in each hand. You've all discussed what you must, but even best lay plans. Take a turn when checks are missed. Roll initiative. Brandish your blades. Don't fail your saves No risk too great, no choice too bold This is your story No guts, no glory Confront your fate with every roll Every Inside one who will pay the price Their chance of success will rest upon the dice No risk too great, no choice too bold This is no small rolls Hello Crumpets and welcome to this very special Deacon Debrief episode of No Small Rolls Where we're going to discuss all things gruesome, all things adventurous and all things... Buttons. Uh, I'm joined tonight by David Knight, our one and only DM extraordinaire, and our one and only Deacon extraordinaire, Sarah Gaines. Hi. Hello, both. Mm. Hi. (laughs) Mini debrief for a mini series. Absolutely. This is going to be a four part debrief. (laughs) (laughs) Ten minutes in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fall off various things, make terrible decisions, yeah. it's all fine. <laughs> I hope you're not attached to any of your parts. Mm. Um, <laughs> really creepy. It's fine. I feel like creepy is the vibe that we're in. Of course. Yeah. Of course. There will be ominous music playing under this. Bad vibes. Of course. Bad vibes. <laughs> Bad vibes. Bad vibes. Uh, so tonight we are going to discuss all things Deacon related for our four-part mini-series. So it goes without saying that there's going to be spoilers aplenty. Uh, so if you've not caught up 
with the four-part miniseries. Go and do that now. And here is your spoiler alert. Spoiler alert! Right, okay, now you're all caught up, if you weren't already. Uh, let's dive into the chat. Uh, so let's start the discussion with horror in general. We we both were all of us. Uh, are we horror fans? What, what what are our feelings about horror in general as a genre? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no way i don't believe that <laughs> i mean no i i don't i there's there are certain horrors that i just cannot cope with uh Fair. yeah yeah i hear you. yeah there are some things that you go ah, oh, you know a jump scare or two that's fine but mm-mm. other yeah. things no horror in general isn't my go-to hilariously enough yeah amazing sarah yeah i think i'd um I've I've got a bit of a, a half and half feeling on horror actually because um, I do enjoy certain horror movies. I prefer things that are more like scream that are going to make you jump. There, I quite like the gory side, but I also like to laugh. Something that's like a straight out horror as a film, I'm a bit like. But I do kind of like the live action scare things. I love things like that. I love to be made to jump. I think there's something really fun about that. Um, oh, well, like a like a ride, or yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. when you go to like a uh, yeah, scare mazes like, and things like scare mazes. Exactly that. Yes. exactly that. And um, you know, I've I've directed a couple of those in the past, and they're so much fun making other people oh, wet their pants. But I also like going through them when I don't know what's happening, and and sort of seeing what they can do to try and scare me i really enjoy that side of it so yeah i think that's my that's my real excitement with horror rather than kind of sitting down and going come on then let's let's watch the grudge or something that doesn't necessarily i've, I've tried to watch one of the annabelle films it, and actually it wasn't that i wasn't i was really frightened by it and didn't enjoy it it was more the fact i was like oh, i can see through some of this and that's not as much fun when they're really thoughtful horrors then yeah mm. i really like them mm. but actually yeah blood and guts and gore <laughs> I'm there for that. <laughs> Which is a good job, given the way that our story went. <laughs> uh, it yeah. Yeah. It's really funny that you bring up scare mazes, because that's how Vicky and I met. We were yes, both working is. in a scare maze. Yes, yes like, you were. I tell you what, it's much easier being the scarer than it is being the person being scared. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Ben? What's your, um, um, what's your horror yeah. vibe? I'm with you both. I'm not, I'm not great with horror like certainly not like proper <laughs> proper horror i can't stop like even something low-key um freaky like signs or those kind of films even those i'm like I, I get i get freaked <laughs> out by them like <laughs> if i'm if i'm especially yeah if you're if you're doing the full horror film thing of you know watching in the dark late at night all of that sort of side of things then then i find yeah it, i, I just I think I just find it really intense at times and I have to sort of walk away for a bit if I'm if I'm watching something like that. Like I remember even um now massive spoiler alert for Game of Thrones, so I'll be careful what I say here. But the sort of undeady elements of that in a couple of big fights, especially in the final season, cough cough, massive spoilers. But there's huge kind of like undeady fights and even that sometimes like I remember watching one of the episodes in the final season, like in a dark room by myself. <laughs> And having to, just finding it so intense at times, I was like, oh, I'm just going to pause this now for 10 minutes. Yeah. And like, <laughs> to be fair, sort to of you, walk around the room. If it's the episode I think you're talking about, you probably needed to watch that in a dark room. Oh, that's why I was watching it in the dark room, because it was physically <laughs> impossible see to see it. If you were in <laughs> If there was sunlight. any light, <laughs> you could not watch that episode in the day. 
even with the curtain shut, there was too much spill from Mm-mm. like underneath the curtains. It wow. was so just physically dark <laughs> that it was impossible. Do either of you have like a favorite horror movie? Like something that, like Sarah, did you say Scream? Yeah, the Scream franchise, Scream 2 to me, I always thought was absolutely brilliant. It just was such mm. a nice, I love that kind of nod to what the, of, of, uh, being a little bit self-referential, understanding what the horror genre was. The body count had gone right up. Mm. You genuinely weren't sure what was going on. There was nice little trickles and teases of things. And when things got really intense, they genuinely were sort of the, the sort of moments like there's one where they're in the sound booth and so she's trying to bang to, to stop it from happening and to try to tell someone what's going on and literally the other person's just like la 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 <laughs> because they can't hear and it's lovely moments like that that you're just sat there as the audience going Ooh, god, god. oh god but if only you could communicate yeah it's, I, so yeah <laughs> that would probably be my favorite i think because it's uh yeah i think it, i i like the story element of it as well as the the horror stuff but yeah mm-hmm. What about you guys? What's yours? Oh. If you had to pick. Ooh. I mean, if I had to pick something that would terrify me, like if I genuinely wanted to be scared, and again, Sarah, you've already mentioned it, it's The Grudge. I don't know what it is about The Grudge setup. Oh. Like, I, it, I, Maybe it's partly that noise that the ghost makes. Cannot deal with that. Also, mm. I watched that when I was perhaps a little bit too young for the first time. <laughs> um, and then there's this, this whole thing where, you know, she grabs people from, uh, like someone looks in, in a cupboard and like she gets pulled up into the attic. And at the same time, the attic hatch in our house, as me as a, as a young oh. little teenager, the attic hatch in our house was at the top of the stairs and we'd lost the, like the thing that, the, or like the clothes the door to the attic hatch uh, had been broken. So <gasps> oh, I basically no. had to walk under an open black hole to get oh, to bed every I... night. Terrifying. Yeah. Oh. That's, that's not going to go well as an adult, but as a kid, you're going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. imagination override. Yeah. yeah. So if I want to be scared, it's, it's, yeah, it's the grudge series. Ooh. Then? Um... I mean, given you said you're a little bit, perturbed by signs i'm expecting quite <laughs> this to be quite gentle know, yeah, the one that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's the grinch noddy's first horror <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a long time ago i watched science yeah. um but not i suppose not that long ago because it's not that older film is shawn of the dead a horror do we count that yes, like yeah definitely <laughs> that's, that's probably comedy, like my right? favorite horror yeah. like it's a horror comedy a horror but comedy. if we're going for like what your my favorite horrors mm. that's more my sort of style is like like, let's get some laughs in there as well. Uh, yeah. A lot of laughs, obviously, if it's uh, Shaun of the Dead. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, Scream is a classic, and I feel like, yeah, like you, Sarah, like I watched it probably when I was probably far below the age that you're meant to be watching it. <laughs> uh, I think that night that I watched it, um, which was at a friend's birthday party when I was at school, we also then, is it Species? might have also watched that same night which oh, was like I, I know what you're talking about i've never oh, seen yeah. it like yeah and that was properly like oh, okay <laughs> where scream was like haha this is silly yeah. and then we watched like i think it was species and then yeah we were then freaked out for the rest of the night about any noises because we were having a sleepover you know 
Yeah. And there was like a French window in the room that we were sleeping in, French doors. And every time it like creaked, it was like... Actually, it's funny you said about things that scared you as a child, because something I would throw into the mix is probably Stephen King's It. And I remember watching Mm. the the first one when I was quite young and being really scared of it until the ridiculous spider turns up at the end and you're like, what is that? And suddenly it's not scary at all. And all of the things (laughs) they've set up are just gone. Um, And being really scared of Pennywise the Clown and... And then mm. a couple of Halloweens ago, sitting down after the, the new one had been released, which I really mm. enjoyed. I really liked the new it. And watching the old one then after that going, this isn't, this isn't scary at all. There's, no, there's <laughs> nothing about this. It's scary. There's just a, Matt, he's got a slightly sharp teeth. That's about all that's worrying about this. It was so strange how, but it's sort of, tastes change, don't they? And, mm, and what we yeah. kind of find scary. But I think the it side so there's been some very 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 bad Stephen King adaptations over the years but I think the it one has done really well and I think it is there's something beautifully creepy about that because you know clowns in it <laughs> I don't mind clowns either way but there's something wonderful about them in a horror film that just makes you go oh yeah. no <laughs> they can be turned creepy so yeah. easily yeah. Like, so quickly <laughs> hello uh, I'm Grace Kelly Miller, and I played Gary Braithwaite or Gary Baldy in the gruesome adventures of Deacon Fireheart Buttons. So, hello. I would say yes, I am a fan of the horror genre, but I don't watch them very often because I get a bit scared when I'm watching things by myself. So, I need to watch them with people and usually in a sleepover situation so that if I have a nightmare, there's someone there and I'm not going to get too freaked out. I like. I get into my head, like, you know, going to to the bathroom to brush my teeth and wash my face, all that sort of thing. I need somebody to come with me because otherwise, like, when I'm washing my face and I'm, like, about to look up, I'm like, oh, there's going to be someone behind me. So I get freaked out like that. I would say my favourite type of horror is zombie films. I love a zombie film, probably because there's a lot of humour in zombie films, um, but I also like the gore and they just seem so kind of distant from, like, kind of the more psychological uh, horrors so it feel it feels safer to watch i think um and i love i love practical effects so i really like being able to see like really cool makeup effects and that is often what you get with zombie films so i really like that brain dead is one of my favorite films mostly because of the practical effects i just think it's really fucking cool but i did recently i say recently within like the last year finally start watching the Scream movies. Now, when I was younger, that was when all the scary movie parodies were coming out. And uh, I watched those, but I'd never actually seen Scream. So seeing that recently, I realised how much humour were in those films as well. And I just think that they're brilliant. Really well done. Really well told. Uh, it's just it's just great. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of the more recent ones as well. Still working my way through those. So following up on that, David. Um, <laughs> so why did you want to create the follow-up to Deacon's previous adventure as a horror? Oh, well, that's a really good question. Um, I... He's obviously the character for it. Yeah, so. exactly. Mm. George, you know what? Like, that's kind of what I loved about it. I did want to do a little horror miniseries, just because I think like, at the time in the main campaign, we weren't anywhere near anything, even remotely gruesome or shocking or anything like that busy 
sorting out spoons and yeah exactly it was it was quite like a fun it was such a fun time wandering around Fallos Vale um so I just like wanted to like hit on like a different vibe but also then what I like what I loved is that Deacon Deacon is like (laughs) the least worried character in so many aspects of his life he's he's very he knows what he wants um and he's no he knows where he's going like as long as he's got his compass mm-hmm. and so i just really i really enjoyed as i was planning it like the image of put this happy go lucky little guy in the worst <laughs> horrible situation Aww. and just to see what would happen you know poor deacon poor deacon <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair to him i feel like even by the end as he was one exhaustion throw away from death Oh, oh well, he couldn't even move anymore. He didn't move. He still had a positive attitude. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, all things considered, it was still it was relatively positive. <laughs> I think anyone else would have been broken by that point because everyone else pretty much yeah. was. But Deacon yeah. was still he was still trying. It's yeah. like wow. Well, bless you, bless you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> still trying to barter. Still trying to see that there could be a way out of it. I'm like. Me as a person, I'm just like, just give up. (laughs) But there's so many moments listening back, especially kind of noticing that if those things had happened to pretty much any other character, I think that out there, they would have never handled it that way. Um, And simple ones like, oh, you see a face in the dark. I love. <laughs> like, doesn't go. Doesn't warn anyone. Doesn't think I could be in danger. Just says hello to something in the dark, knowing that there could be danger. But he doesn't think of it that way. Yeah. And that's what I love about Deacon. That's what makes it funny. But yeah, I think it it, it juxtaposes against the horror, doesn't it? Exactly. Someone like that. Like his whole his whole like I feel like I keep using the word vibe. But yeah, yeah. his whole thing is like doesn't naturally gel with horror which is kind of what mm. made it a perfect fit yeah mm. it was like to see what like that kind of character would do in a truly horrific situation mm. uh and like you say he tries he tries to help he tries to fix things he yeah. tries to mm. set things right and and do the right thing yeah yeah how did you how did you sort of approach going in like knowing you were going into a horror with with this character sarah that you played like before in the main campaign in a very sort of different very different time and space. <laughs> uh, I think actually I just, I, I tried not to think about it too much for exactly yeah. that reason, because Deacon doesn't think forward. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I kind of wanted to be very conscious that me as Sarah knowing about the horror didn't put that into him because he wouldn't assume it's that, you know, when, well, yeah. when we were playing it, all that music wasn't there. So he doesn't mm-hmm. hear the ominous music. He doesn't know <laughs> what's coming. So he just goes into it as he sees. So I suppose it was kind of just making sure that that, that kind of truthful side of Deacon stayed there. And um, because, yeah, it was always going to have that nice balance with it. But it was just, it was hard at times. <laughs> <laughs> Maintaining that relentless positivity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good point about the music, though, actually, because for the for the first two episodes, to give a, a better, a rounder description of how this recording was set mm. up, so we all went away for a whole weekend, right? Mm-hmm. We, yes. we we had a lovely weekend away. Yeah, a lovely weekend away, like hired an Airbnb and basically spent Saturday and Sunday just recording and playing in person with some lovely equipment that we've managed to get 
because of uh because of our patrons so thank you so much patrons um and for the first two episodes on the saturday yeah we didn't have any any music or anything but what was really interesting is that on the sunday on the episodes three and four ben you very cleverly managed to figure out that we could have like generic like music playing into our headphones that wasn't added into the recording and the tone shift for everybody just having some like creepy strings and some plinky plonky piano in the background was massive i totally forgot that had happened yes yeah 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 yeah. yeah so we i found i went on online and essentially found like two hours of like loopable um as you say like sort of i think one was just out and out piano wasn't it and the other Mm. one was kind of like strings and the 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 kind of the full works but sort of fairly generic creepy noise sort of musicy sort of thing and it just at moments it fitted so well (laughs) what was happening like yeah it was sort of uncanny at times where there's just like little like silences or like builds at sort of dramatic moments and you're right it had a sort of a it had a real sort of noticeable, palpable effect, I think. I wonder... When it began and you're playing with it. Yeah, I wonder as well, because like, before I listened back to the series and just thinking about what we'd done, which is obviously now quite a few months ago, um, mm. the bits that had stuck in my head were things like the corridor with the barbed wires, the cages, mm, yeah. and stuff like that. I've about the barbed wire. Oh, yeah, no. When I got to that, I remembered the sort of the end, but the sort of how we got there, I was like, I've forgotten this entirely. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a few bits that I'd forgotten about the library and the with the shepherd yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we go down. Oh. Mm. And sort of what happened when we dropped off the rope bridge and stuff like that. Those, those little yeah. bits were just kind of missing. But yeah, I wonder if some of the connections to the memory maybe sit possibly with that music. But I just, yeah, how funny. I don't remember the music being there at all. But yeah, you saying about Deacon's exhaustion, obviously I I had the most unlucky roles because every time I got to roll for exhaustion, I got it. I was like, goodness sake, come on. But it was just so funny because the other thing I really noticed is that me as a player, because we played so much in one go, I was genuinely getting tired as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I start the first episode and it's like Deacon's full of ideas. He's coming out with stuff. And I was like, and listening back to it, I was thinking, wow, how, how did Deacon come up with all these suggestions? Because I, <laughs> I totally don't have them, but I, listening back to it was amazing. And then I noticed, I think by about episode three, suddenly Deacon had gone very, very quiet and wasn't really <laughs> saying much for a while. He'd and been I got, through ah, a lot by that point, He'd been through he? a lot. Yeah. And I think my, <laughs> my brain was just so overwhelmed with everything that was going on. It was like, I'm just going to sit and listen to the story for a bit. Like, not a conscious decision, <laughs> but I know that that's what my, my head was going. You need some time out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah and you can hear it in my voice i get another level of exhaustion i'm like eh, okay well that probably <laughs> works quite well to be honest okay that matches that matches no, no, both no, player yeah. and character <laughs> in this moment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i guess that is that's the, the yeah. fun of having like the the big sort of group setups is that there is the the little opportunity if you you know, if you need to just take a little step back at some points, so yeah, like, mm-hmm. that people will will jump up and fill in, like yeah, uh, yeah. I love, yeah. I love the full. Uh, just as a DM, I love those full episodes when I can sit back and just let players chat. That, that's <laughs> what I get. It. I don't necessarily get it moment to moment. I get it. I get it for a full <laughs> episode at a time. I'm like, yeah, this is a character chat episode. Off you go, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
just going to sit by a campfire and <laughs> yeah. see what happens. Old chin wag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bit different in this one, David. You were really having to like drive plot and events and stuff happening yeah. forward it was all really, the time. Actually, yeah, in a peek behind the screen, there were some really interesting moments. There was a moment in the first episode. <laughs> Again, I don't know if you remember this. I had like almost like a mini panic. It was edited out. Thank you, Pippa, uh, for not yes, embarrassing thank me. The... Thank you, Pippa, for editing all oh, thank four Thank you, of Pippa, them. for editing yeah. everything. Yeah, you're fantastic. Amazing. Deacon, oh, Sarah, you were doing a brilliant job of being Deacon, trying to fix the situation and bounce between the guards and the smugglers. Yeah. And it got to the point oh, that you were yeah. like, I'm going to go back to the guards. And I just had to, I, I did. Uh, again, it's edited out. I'd be like... Just, just so you know, the adventure is underground, everybody. Can we just... <laughs> I just need to check with you, Sarah, that like what, what the plan is, is to eventually get under there, because otherwise I got nothing. I got yeah. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the plan, but it was kind of... Yeah, it, I, it's so true to Deacon to like yeah. bring everybody together and just be like, yeah. mm. okay, how like how are we all fixing? Like, how, how are we, we going to fix this? Yeah, but this was that was it as well. I was just like, I came up with all these sort of like diplomatic placatory resolves and I was like how <laughs> how did I come up with that just, yeah. but it kind of suited the situation and where we were gonna go and yeah yeah and then the other moment that I had was in the fourth episode <laughs> I think that is still in there when you were all stuck in a cage where your only option is to crawl forwards and you will stop and heal yourselves and I'm just like <laughs> yeah. Guys, there's there's no point. Literally no like, point. We're I like know. half an hour yeah. off the end of the whole series. Yeah. You're going to die. This is a horror <laughs> series. I have to kill somebody. I know. Come on. But some people escaped. <laughs> they did. That's well, true. Two. Well, possibly three, but probably not. Yeah, probably two. Uh, probably two. <laughs> Poor Eloise is probably still stuck down there. Probably yeah. still there. Yeah. Do you know the one thing I did notice, though, on listening back, and I, I, I probably noticed it at the time as well, that I think, I, I feel like, even though it wasn't said in the story, obviously, because it's just what's happening. But obviously the title of the little miniseries is Deacon's Series. And yeah. the amount of times people go, how are you looking, Deacon? Do you need some more stuff? And I'm just like, if this is a so campaign, that would never happen. <laughs> like, they never want, like, just everybody look after the guest. Exactly. <laughs> Deacon's got to make it to the end because it's literally got his name on it. He's got to get yes. to the end. <laughs> I, I, I think it was definitely, it was definitely in my head. I don't know if it was in the head, the heads of all the rest you of the players, but like definitely is. in my head, it was like, if anyone survives this, <laughs> please let it be Deacon. Deacon. <laughs> we've all come in like we've made characters i mean again peek behind the curtain like um david you know said to all of us before is like you make a character each but don't get attached to them they're gonna die (laughs) um plan is the plan is to go hard yeah 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 yeah. we were all coming in with not disposable characters because i think we all got attached to our characters of course especially characters yeah yeah like you know and they you you come in with with very little like Again, like peek behind the curtain. I didn't, I didn't have much for Thorn when I came in, other than like I was sort of experimenting with like, what does he sound like? Oh, <laughs> you know, about yeah. half an hour before we started. Well, that was that is an interesting thing because you didn't, you hadn't even decided if you were going to be on the guard side of things no. or the smuggler side of yeah. things for that first episode, mm. and then weirdly ended up being on both. On both, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that sort of some of that came from a chat. I think like we paused the recording at one point. 
I think uh, I feel like Vicky had to go and meet a friend to pick up something. <laughs> anyway, we paused the recording for a minute, and like I think that was when the little discussion between me and Vicky happened. Of like, how about the two characters? They know each other already. Like, yeah. and we're like, okay, yeah, they know each other. They've they they work together. And it's like, okay, cool, right. So what's that say about Thorn? Okay, so he's he's works for the guard, but he also works for the smugglers. Yeah. It's yeah. like, and just straight away, like you you start building depth and like history and all of that like from going in going like oh here's here's a thing i'm gonna latch onto that and that's a new part of the character right yeah 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 and then inevitably over the course of four episodes you of course become like hugely attached to all of these characters yeah you do um yeah yeah and then when horrible things happen to them, it's sad. Oh, it's Baldi. very sad. I found oh, it really sad. It was, it was the crumbling like a Garibaldi biscuit. I oh, absolutely, really? <laughs> I lost it. I, lost <laughs> I was it. listening to that. I was like, yeah. oh. oh. And I have to say, and like, and Thorn as well at the end. I mean, yeah. obviously not funny. That was so moving. I was like, wow. Oh, yeah, I it's supposed I to be remember, horror, but oh. Yeah, there was one thing that I wanted to include in that end, and I think I, I said about it off mic afterwards, and it, it didn't make it on mic, is that, like, I would have loved him to have also, like, had a little, I don't think it's on mic, like a little, like, one of the final scents at the end when he's making all the scents and going back to the Feywild is also that, like, there's a bit of the captain's, like, birthday cake smell there as well. Oh. <laughs> Just a little, like, oh. little nod back to that. Oh, but, that uh, would have been cute. Yeah, these things that you think of afterwards. And then when, After. I, when I came back to listening back to it, I was like, I thought I said about the cake. Oh, okay. Apparently that was in my head, not yeah, on the microphone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's so funny because uh, from what I remembered, I thought we knew more about Eloise and that she definitely was stuck and trapped and that was it. <laughs> Game over. Mm. Whereas it was kind of left much more open. And this is terrible. But when it got to the end, I was like, oh, Gail's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Dicker was the only one that survived. I was like, maybe that's just how I felt at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, large yeah, one. Gail's, Gail's there too. Yeah. Gail's there too. For now. Yeah. I kind of have the image of like, yeah, so the shepherd and Deacon being led off all of these creatures and like Gail just being like a person in the crowd that's just stood there whilst all of these ho- horrors are like yeah. passing by her. Exactly that. Uh, Eloise in a cage screaming in the background somewhere, but. <laughs> cool. I mean yeah. that does that does lead into the question of what was going on with Eloise. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I think Sam uh, wanted to ask a question about this. Superfan Sam for you. Well, for Daryl, but uh, maybe we can ask you, David. So Sam said he was really intrigued by the associates. Is this something that you had previously planned as canon, or just a juicy little extra bit of lore of Daryl's own making? Yeah. So I can answer a part of this. Daryl is a fantastic player at <laughs> it almost in opposite to how you came up in with Thorn, like with very little. Daryl came in with here is my backstory, here is a whole load of lore. <laughs> He's it's a sixteen page novel. It wasn't. I think it was only one page this time. Wow. <laughs> so restrained. No. <laughs> no, genuinely. He's like, not he, here to defend himself. He always sorry, comes Darryl. with like a, a connection to the wider world or like yeah. a new piece like of the puzzle like like he just fills that tapestry it's fantastic and so his idea was that he wanted to play a character who was in very many ways against the warrior against silivalia deacon's like ah. hero 
And so we had a brief discussion and the associates, this duelist guild, basically their whole thing, or like, you know, beyond being like an assassin's guild for hire and that kind of that jive, uh, they were established as a counterpoint to Silith Valia and his followers. And they are like in a bitter rivalry. Um, ah, that's why, that's why I wanted the compass. Exactly that. So, uh, basically, like, and whilst it didn't like fully come uh, come out, like he'd been kind of sent to the area because the associates keep a tabs on anyone who's mentioning the warrior and mentioning Silifalia, which of course Deacon had done in his guest spots in the main campaign. So th- mm. that word had gotten back to to the associates, and like they'd sent out Eloise as a like someone's going to be crossing at some point. Someone is in the area. We're assuming, take them out. <gasps> oh, Ooh. take them out. Find find them. Confront them. So yeah. was was Eloise planning on con- confronting or taking out that Deacon? Was, that was my understanding of it. Yeah. So Eloise the whole time, I I think, never helps Deacon in any way. No, no, she doesn't. Whoa. Wants to see the compass, obviously. Like, yeah. And like, I there remember was the a moment whole where... suspicion. Suddenly the whole t- table became very yeah. suspicious of Eloise's motives. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, we were generally quite suspicious of Eloise at points, in that, <laughs> undoubtedly. In general. But I never got, I never put two and two together on that no. one. Like, well, yeah. it's the only time you hear Deacon actually get pretty serious is that moment. Yeah. He just says, you can hold my hand, you do you anything, and, I, and, and I, I kill you. Are we clear? Yeah. Crystal. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's carry on. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And do you know what? I, it's one of those things that I did wonder afterwards. I was like, we probably would have dug further into it were we not in the depths of a horror episode where it just wasn't the right time to start going. So tell me, why are you interested in my compass? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's kind of a scary dude who's trying to kill us all, so shall we move yeah. on? <laughs> Plus, yeah, Eloise very much lost the loose of, use of an entire leg. So yeah, she yeah. was kind of like, well... I'm on literally on the back foot here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness, yeah. Getting her leg trapped under the rocks, like listening back. Oh yeah. Dude, listening back to so much of it. It's just so like, oh It's yeah. when you oh. listen back and you make the same noises that you did at the time yeah. and going, ah, at the same time you did it on the recording. It's, like, it's such oh. like an out-of-body experience listening to yourself back. Yeah. Making yeah. those same jokes and noises and stuff. And you're going, I'm saying it on recording and in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So strange. Yeah. It's it's so weird, isn't it, at times? That weird, uncanny thing that you remember bits and you don't remember bits in that half sort of... Rem- because it was quite a long time and because yeah. Pippa had edited all these episodes, whereas usually, like, I've usually edited some of the episodes or Grace's episode, it, like, I've been more involved in the edits and all of that. And this time, I was in America <laughs> while Pippa was yeah. working their magic on them. And so the... The first time I heard most of them was was the finished thing with the music. Nine months after we recorded it, was it? Or uh, yeah, yeah. Take? yeah, yeah, beginning of September. September, to... beginning of September. Yeah, yeah. So you're in a in a weird sort of headspace where it's it's become like a slightly distant but sort of weirdly vivid sort of memory, and it's it's a yeah, it's such a fascinating place to then be, as you say, listening back to it and then being like, oh, I hope someone does. Oh, I do. Yeah, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. The weird one is things like I'd completely forgotten about Mopsy. Completely <laughs> forgotten about the dog. Mopsy. Yeah. Which is obviously... Mopsy doesn't as... last very long. No, no, <laughs> I suppose not. Um, but at the same Start time... Start episode two, is it? <laughs> yeah. Is it even that? She... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. the beginning yeah, of episode the, the big creature thing, isn't it? From yeah, the, uh, yeah, I was trying, I think, thinking that was episode one, but yeah, no, yeah it, it starts in episode one and then it ends very abruptly. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, poor Mopsy. Mopsy, oh, Mopsy. It's okay. Mopsy, Mopsy isn't a real dog. Yes. It's not a real dog. It's a rainbow. Not a real dog. <laughs> it's all fine. While we're on questions from Sam, mm-hmm. uh, Sam also had a question for you, David. Mm. Um, why the drills? Why did it have to be drills? Never going to get that out of my head now. And I guess neither will Thorn. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Uh, so the drills came from, you know, knowing that like I would set out to make a little horror miniseries. Um, I watched a number of horror films, all of which had a kind of like folklore a folklore kind of vibe to them to kind of fit in. Um, and one of them is a film called Apostle with Dan Stevens. From Downton Abbey. Yeah. yeah. And he plays Beauty a guy... <laughs> uh, Beauty of the Beast oh. is probably a nicer ref- yeah yeah um, but in this he's playing he's he, he, it's sort of slightly period set and he goes to a remote island looking for his sister I believe uh, they're a fairly, fairly religious group um, of of islanders that live there and they've got lots of uh, like folklore beliefs that they all abide to but spoiler for that film there is a moment in which as punishment um, somebody who has helped him gets a drill to the head like is strapped to a table and they like you know drill in as like a purification kind of a thing you know he's sinned and therefore and it made me cringe so much (laughs) i knew it had to go in i was like yeah yeah (laughs) that's it there's there it is that's what i was looking for something that has made me cringe and like react physically yeah so it had to go in that and obviously I was going with a whole like you know experimentation and blah 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 yeah I love that part of the storyline I thought it was such a clever idea mm. yeah in a in a kind of kind of yeah. way yeah so the idea was rather than just puncture Thorn with needles or to be honest it might not have been Thorn Thorn was just the character who decided to split from the group yeah, yeah. Thorn decided to teleport film. out the cage yeah <laughs> So he was the he was he was the chap that got it, unfortunately. Yeah, so it was yeah, little medical drills in, um, and then pumping the liquid to make you mutate. Grim. Wow. Which is a point actually. Speaking of liquid that makes mutate, there was like a whole thing that everybody that just didn't come up. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. as you guys were exploring the workshop, but like the shepherd's abode with yeah. all of the different rooms. You ended up in the library, but you yeah. could have ended up in an alchemical laboratory. Oh. Like, if you'd gone through one of the other Orin doors. would have loved it. Oh, <laughs> what would you have done? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Which was basically full of what looked like nice, healthy healing potions. But if you drank <gasps> them, you would have, like, then slowly mutated over the course of the rest of, no. the, of the series. Yeah. Oh. So like ba- everything that happened to Gary Baldy in like those split seconds because he was like just being filled with this liquid when his like arms fell off, his oh, arms fell off and all the rest of it crawled away. And, like, oh. <laughs> and I was kind of like, oh. in some ways, it's kind of why I forced it all on Gary Baldy. Like poor, I keep calling Gary Baldy, poor Gary. At the end, was that I was just like, I've I've made this really horrific thing. I need to put it in here somehow. <laughs> yeah. I want to use it. Yeah. You, haven't, you haven't made it so no one no one experiences this. Oh no. my god, that's hilarious. So what would have happened to to people, David? Well, so I've got. Like there's a, it's a three stage process and it's a D8's <gasps> worth of stuff each time. 
uh, like this little table. Actually, what I'll do is I'll, I will post it up on the Patreon, uh, the Patreon yeah. to 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 show just like blah. <laughs> um, but rather than explaining all of it, um, could you two just roll a d8 and see what happens? Oh yeah! Oh, okay. delightful! Okay. Can I? Oh no! Yeah, just was. once to start with, yeah? Just, yeah, we'll see your first stage first. Here we go. I've got my dice, which are in a very appropriate for this, I feel, lab dice uh, test tube. <laughs> oh, this yeah. feels I got this a, feels two. a two. A uh, two. So your stomach begins to ache. Oh, okay. Pretty minor. <laughs> I've got a three. A three. So your heart starts to race and won't slow down. Okay, understandable, given the horror. Yeah, horror, exactly. Yeah. You know, pretty, like, you know, it's just a little bit of a... So roll again for your second stage. Okay. Seven. Uh, seven. Uh, Pus-filled boils cover your body. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Nice, yeah. Um, I rolled a two. Two. Uh, you vomit up maggots. Oh. Yeah. Again, oh. I, I just, I went creepy. And Are they lit. living or dead? Great question. Who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, and then for the final stage that would basically kill you, okay. give us another roll. Oh, hang on, that didn't work. Three. Uh, a three. Um, your chest explodes and your organs fall out. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Wow. <laughs> that's um, my kind of death. I like that. <laughs> an eight for me. An eight. Oh, so that's what uh, that's what Gary had. Your body collapses into multiple parts, sprouts legs, beetle wings, and escape. <laughs> That's amazing. I love yeah. that. Oh, it's my so good. Isn't it funny that it's like the the mid range bit almost is the one that makes you go, oh, oh God. Yeah. because yeah. there's something yeah. almost imaginable, but you can't kind of put anything to, you, you know, you fall apart and you every bit of you walks off or your chest exactly. explodes. That's there's like into of, full ext- fantasy at that point. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. It's that kind of, that's the kind of horror. I think that's why I like it because it's, it's, yeah, it's fantasy. You There's no connection to that, but you can vom- vomit up maggots and you go, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, that is so good. Of course you decided that. Of course you did. This is what, <laughs> I mean, in a nicer side of that, that was my, uh, <laughs> one of my reasons for wanting to be a wild magic barbarian in the first place with Deacon was to have that kind of not knowing what was happening mm, and my yes. biggest regret of the series was that I had my cloak with me the whole time and I forgot about it oh, until yes. it got ripped off me and I was like I've got a cloak that's got loads of patches that could do stuff and I just wish you, I you used, used a couple of patches didn't you I used um, one and um, right at the end, and that was it. Yeah. I just used the one, yeah. and I mean, it gave me a healing potion, which very yeah. useful. Yeah, actually, it did turn out to be quite useful. But um, yeah. but yeah, whatever David like, says about healing, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. But, um, hey, if it meant that Deacon survived, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was the aim. That was the aim. <laughs> but yeah, it would have been nice to say, to just chuck in a few other little moments, and I was like, oh, there's a few mm-hmm. moments actually where I could have pulled something off of that, and it would have been funny to see what happened and what that might have changed. But I think half the time as well, I was just like, I've got, I've got so many choices. I need to, I need to think of something. What am I doing? <laughs> so yeah, that was probably the only thing that's a shame because I like the, I like the idea of not knowing. And like you say, David, you just go roll this dice and see what happens. Because yeah. here's a whole yeah. bunch of things that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously is not the main basis of D&D, but I think there's something nice about (laughs) you feeling out of control at something that's supposed to be within your control. That's the bit that's fun. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like you're looking at your, like everybody else has got a nice clean feature of I like use an action, I do this. 
Yeah. I'm like going, okay, I use an action and I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that it was like, okay, I'm going to gonna rage. Okay, everybody, I'm growing flowers. <laughs> that was really unhelpful. <laughs> it was literally yeah. the yeah. worst thing I could have done. I was like, great. <laughs> oh, well, everywhere's pretty, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do love that. Yeah, that 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 wild magic barbarian, and it's like the same. There's a wild magic sorcerer as well, isn't there? And like mm-hmm. they're just fun, yeah, fun things to play with. Like introducing that element of chaos. I yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> big fan. Right? Should we end with uh, any favorite moments from the from the series? Oh my goodness, that's an amazing question. Oh. As Deacon or as Sarah? <laughs> oh, look, both, both, both. If they're different, let's do both. Uh, f- from looking at it from my perspective as, as a player, I think I just really enjoyed those moments where the jeopardy really mm. got a lot. So whether that, so a couple of them would actually be the, the key moments of things like when the swing, when the bridge, when we were all on that and we were all trying to not fall in the hole, which of course inevitably we all did. Um, <laughs> but that sort of rise of anticipation to how that was going to get sorted and the shepherd turning up. And then the same yeah. thing with the room with the barbed wires and, as, and there was yeah. no choice. We couldn't get out of that. So I think as a player, they were my favourite moments. I don't think Deacon would say that the barbed wire was his favourite <laughs> moment. That was, that was maybe not the way forward. I think for Deacon, I know he was, uh, Deacon's least favourite was when he was being challenged about the warrior. I know that. He was very upset about that. And that was quite funny to listen back to. And I was like, oh, he's genuinely really upset about this. And like, no, 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 don't challenge my beliefs. It's it, This person's perfect. And I thought that was quite sweet. But as for uh, favourite, I th- I think probably the the first the monstery thing that came out from the from the yeah. pit and he first got his morning star out and had a rage and he was kind of I think he was just really enjoying himself there and having a great time he was on a new adventure so I think for him that was his favorite moment mm-hmm. what about Aww. you Ben what was yours <sighs> yeah I I think one of my sort of favorite elements of it was the 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 story of the shepherd and then mm-hmm. seeing that unpacked into the kind of the reality of the situation and sort of seeing that like how this this story has been distorted and kind of used by this creature or has the story come from like things from the story, but how, how that's all tied up together. Like, I just think that was a really cool kind of, device and sort of structure for for putting the whole thing together it was so clever wasn't it it was great to hear because you were kind of like how does this link because it obviously does yeah that was just wicked i love that and then when you started sort of you know seeing the the shepherds um like turning up and his flock of things creatures things such as they are like oh oh amazing and did Thorn have a favourite moment? I mean, it's a great time. Uh, it's hard to pick a favourite moment when you're heading to death. Yeah. Yeah. Heading, I mean, <laughs> Deacon, Deacon's quite special in being able to enjoy oh, things yeah. even when they're not. <laughs> Positive <laughs> particularly. So it might just be him. <laughs> but there was, there, was, there was a real sense of like, I think what was, you know, was nice was that real sort of genuine sense of, camaraderie that formed after that first incident with that horrendous monster thing climbing up the cliff mm. where they all had that sort of genuine moment I 
think of like, right, we might not all be on the same page with lots of things here. People clearly have secrets. Uh, as it turns out, Eloise has got a whole lot of secrets going on. But also, you know, Thorne and everyone else, like there's stuff going on, but there is this group that is going to stick together as much as they can and genuinely did then try and help each other through the situation as best they can. So I think that for Thorn would probably be the moment, such as it is. Mm-hmm. Mm. David? I feel like I daren't ask David. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are you all squirming? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are a few moments. There was what I, in episode three, the <laughs> the moment when you all kind of stepped out of character and went, whoa, 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 how does this miniseries tie to the larger campaign? Can we just have a brief moment yeah. here? to like panic as players as opposed to characters that's fun <laughs> but no i think the best moment for me and like when i was writing the music for for all of it i listened to it so many times because i was like i'm just enjoying this so much is when um gail vicky's character just decided not to tell anybody about <sighs> the the weird elf the creature person on the side yeah I, and like just the tension, the pure tension from that moment. Mm. It's that the audience knows something, but yeah. none of the characters in the situation yeah. do. It was but so what, good. Like not only in like writing the music for it and obviously like allowing the audience, the actual listeners to have that, but at the table, everybody's having to be both of those things at once. Yeah. The players know what's going on, but the characters do not. And that whole tense situation that followed, like up until the creature attacked was so juicy it was so juicy mm. so much fun yeah yeah just in one person knowing something yeah and not sharing it yeah i love that decision the, 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 the figure yeah. made just to be like yep okay yep Should i tell anyone no <laughs> it was made out of this idea of i don't know sort of almost like a flippancy of vicky would have to explain it better but it's it just kind of was a oh no 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 trying to be a bit kind of cool about it and actually it's the best thing she could have done because if she hadn't yeah. told us all, we probably would have been all really quickly. So oh, it, it's if, like, if, oh. yeah, I sent Rosie over there and she got it in the face. But if yeah. any one of you had gone over there, it would have been your mm. character. <gasps> oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah, craziness. We might not have made it beyond the start of episode two. <laughs> There's lots of jokes yeah. about it. Everyone dying in episode two. Yeah, could have happened. Could have yep. happened. <laughs> could have oh happened. For me, it, the shepherd smashing his face into the door was such a weird, creepy moment. And another favourite moment, I say favourite, I don't know if I should call it that, because it was. but I just think the way that David described it, the barbed wire room, just so visual and terrifying. And really just one of those things that evokes horror. Um, it was really, really like gory and, uh, you know, when those bu- that barbed wire would get to the end, it would just tear people apart. Uh, so gross, um, but really great and really fun. I've got to say, personally, I had so much fun with Gary. I didn't know what was going to be my favourite part of him. I'd have, I'm torn. Okay, it's either Mopsy's heroic death in defence of Gary that that was uh, a real beautiful moment. And if Gary hadn't died, we could have resummoned Mopsy. But I'd have to also say 
Gary's death was horrific and I loved it. <laughs> I, I, I was getting geared up from like episode two to die. And so as long as he ended up living, I was I was really impressed. And then it was a glorious, horrible, icky way to die, which is exactly what you want from a horror special. But overall, I just I loved it. It was such an atmospheric miniseries to record. I love immersive theatre and it was absolutely immersive theatre of the mind. It was a wonderful experience and I'm so proud of the whole team for what they created on this miniseries. It's Pippa did a fantastic job on the edit. David has brought the music together and of course the whole cast was so invested in what we were doing. It just, ah, just a scary, spooky, gross wonder and I loved it. Uh, amazing. I mean, David, I also want to unravel everything that's going on now that there's another founder, but maybe that's a discussion for another no. day. <laughs> yeah. I ain't I, I saying anything about that. <laughs> well, on that note, then, I think we will call it a night. Thank you so much, Sarah and David. Thanks, Ben. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the the entire four-episode Deacon uh, mini-series. And uh, maybe maybe it's not the last of Deacon. Who knows? Now, now, that, now that he did survive, maybe. Just might not be quite so exhausted next time you see him. You never know. <laughs> it might be worse. <laughs> oh dear. yeah i mean he has gone off with the shepherd so uh and he can't move oh, i'm sure it's fine yeah still fine. Still david positive. is it fine <laughs> we'll find out oh, no. <laughs> Joyous. right let's do a, a a group a non for now to leave it there shall we a a non for now, now. Do you like scary stories? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.